0: earthlings you're listening to the stars for the people astrology podcast for the week of september 6th 2010 i'm your host astrologer dk brainerd extraterrestrial possibly from the star system arcturus there are tall stooped arcturians that walk among us do we even know who they are most likely not And we probably don't need to. But it is still Mercury retrograde. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more this week. Mostly we're going to focus on the new moon in Virgo. Happening on Wednesday, September 8th, 2010. At 6.30 in the morning Eastern Time. Which means Tuesday night is the big night for the new moon. The dark of the moon. Ooh, spooky. Yes. It's been one of those weeks here in the underground lair and somewhere in kind of suburban Detroit, Michigan. The lakes, lakes land, the lakes area. It got really cold a couple days ago. All of a sudden, I, I think the temperature dropped like 30 degrees I mean, it was cold out there and I didn't know what to do because I've been in New Orleans for five years, you know, and then I come up here and it's like, everybody's complaining about the heat wave we're having. And I'm like, Hey, this is pretty nice. You know, when's that heat wave coming? But then the cold, hard reality that fall is coming sets in, but actually it's uh. You know, trying to be mellow about it, just like when you're living in the South, you know, especially the heat of New Orleans. By the time June rolls around, you know there's a time of reckoning coming. You're going to have to make your peace with the heat. Because if you try to resist it, if you try to fight it, it's going to get you. That's the same way with the cold weather up here, I guess. So, I've been trying to take a positive attitude towards it. And, um... It's interesting, the uh, the change in the... I don't know if it's the temperature or the smell seem to get crisper as fall sets in. Really um, triggering lots of memories. You know, and it's Mercury Retrograde, and that's what we're supposed to be doing in Mercury Retrograde, looking back anyway. So that's been a kind of fascinating confluence for me. Sometimes I'm walking around the neighborhood, you know, taking the little kid for a walk, Strapping him to the chest where his cries are. His cries for help and milk are muffled. Passersby look over and say, Oh, what a cute little baby. He looks so sleepy. I'm like, Yeah, that's because he's just screamed himself into a catatonic stupor, but don't worry, lady. He'll be back. But, you know, I'm walking around the neighborhood, and sometimes the. I don't know, man. The smells are just, uh that crisp fall air and smelling the trees I love the trees here love the big old oak trees and the cottonwoods and the maples and um, it just almost brings me to tears and I don't know what I'm remembering if it's just maybe a feeling state from being younger you know the innocence of the childhood years and then of course all the pain and suffering too it's all one big bag You know, and that's one of the things I want to talk to you about this week is that there's always something, isn't there? Just admit it to yourself. You'll feel better. I'm going to give you a few seconds. Go ahead. Admit it. There's always something. There's no place that you're going to get to where everything is, you know, floating fairies and uh, rainbow colored bubbles and Pink frosted cupcakes for all eternity. You know, probably even when we go on to the next realm, there are challenges. I mean, granted, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think a lot of the uh, star places are as tough as planet Earth. I do believe that this is a particularly intense learning environment, but um, you know, there is always something, and I think one of the one of the big fictions that we get sucked into. Uh, maybe one of the biggest fictions is that somewhere over the rainbow it's better than here, you know, and if we just uh solve that problem, just get on top of that weight thing and lose the twenty pounds or the sixty pounds, and just kick the cigarette habit, you know um whatever, just uh quit beating myself up, just make more money um just find that perfect relationship partner, you know, then everything's going to be good and we're going to live happily ever after. And they sell us an awful lot of pills and an awful lot of uh, cupcakes and um, clothes and new cars that we don't need and, you know, new TV sets and, and more pills and doctor visits and all kinds of good stuff just based on that one fiction alone one big old fat Walt Disney falsehood, you know, that if we just do the right thing, if we just meet the right person, if we just try hard enough and, and wish hard enough and, um, you know, that eventually that person or that thing is going to show up in our life and uh, we'll all live happily ever after. But here's the paradox. We can live happily ever after. It's just that living happily ever after doesn't mean that our problems disappear is uh Stephen Gilligan um, one of my I, I've just a great teacher that I've been so privileged to to learn from he said that you know when you start doing the generative trance work to work on an issue so I, I kind of called my version of that the whole mind process because you go into a level of the mind where um you know, when you get into the alpha level and the theta level of the mind with conscious awareness, then you're kind of making this bridge between the two hemispheres of the mind or the two thinking styles of the of the brain-mind area. And Stephen Gilligan said, you know, when you take a, a your problem into that state repeatedly, sooner or later you're going to find that one of two things happens. Sometimes, he said, the problem miraculously disappears. And that's great. Isn't that wonderful when that happens? And I've experienced that happening from doing the whole mind work. It's pretty amazing. Sometimes it just goes away. You hit the vein of gold, you know, you, you get to the you get to the root and you have that awareness and boom it's gone. But he said, you know, the other thing that happens more often is that you still have the problem. You just don't care about it anymore. Or you just don't care about it so much. And so there's the paradox is that we really can become happy people. But that doesn't mean that we're happy all the time. That doesn't mean that when Mercury's retrograde, you know, and this is what I think a lot of us would agree, this has been a particularly intense one, and I want to talk to you about the new moon in just a couple minutes because that could ratchet up the intensity a, l- a little bit more in kind of a weird way. But, you know, it doesn't mean that when uh, Mercury's running you around in circles and, and your schedule's falling apart and everybody's stressed out and you're feeling it and they're feeling it, it doesn't mean that you have to like that. As Stephen Gilligan would say again, Stephen Gilligan, this one's for you. This podcast goes out to you, doctor. Um, and isn't that wonderful to know? you don't have to like it, but you don't. The thing that really puts us in the happily ever after zone in the zone of enlightenment is that we accept what's going on in the present moment and we accept that we don't like it, but we can do that without making a story about how I have to get out of this present moment and into this imaginary future place where there are no more problems. There's nothing for me to overcome anymore. There's nothing to, to struggle against. You know, everything's perfect. Everything's vanilla or everything's uh, sugar-coated or whatever. You know, that's the falsehood. And so we can just instantly shift into happily ever after mode by recognizing that we're not going to be that happily ever after doesn't mean that, you know, there are no more challenges. And I do think that's a wonderful thing to know. Um, I've been spending some of this mercury retrograde looking back. I'm actually going through an old filing cabinet because I need filing space. And uh, I've been going through, you know, looking back at some old artistic projects and that some of the things that, you know, that I was thinking about and working on six or seven, eight years ago, and, um, I guess maybe even longer than that, nine or ten years ago, you know, and just seeing how much of a place of struggle I was in, and that was, you know, a necessary part of of the journey for me, And, and there will be more struggle in different ways, you know, I'm sure, um, as Jim Morrison said, no one here gets out alive, you know, and, and I feel like in an ego sense, you know, we're going to keep coming back and keep doing this until we see through the, the falsehood of um, that false idea that we're not perfect and that if only we were perfect, you know, everything would be okay because we really are perfect and everything really is okay. And the only thing that keeps us from being okay is demanding that life be somehow different than it, than it is and looking back I've been able to see just how much in a place of um, demanding that life be different I was trapped in for so long and um, wow you know I can look back now enough time has passed I guess that I, I can look back now and say wow how courageous you were my brother you know to keep going to keep struggling and and trying to learn and trying to better yourself, trying to move forward, trying to understand why your mind was such an unhappy place you know and and rather than just uh giving up and and packing it in and maybe that was never really a choice for you if you're listen, you know if you're listening to this or for me, I think some of us are our path is that's not in the path you know if we make that choice then we're kind of airlifted out of here in one way or another. But, um, it's been an interesting time of looking back at those, those periods and just, um, being able to extend some love back into the past, you know, and, and also recognizing that, um, all of the work that we do, it really, you know, it really does pay dividends over time. And, and, um, This new moon that's coming up on Wednesday, you know, it kind of doubles the energy of the Mercury retrograde in a way, um, in the sense that Mercury retrograde turns the mind inward and backward in time. So rather than doing what we like to do in our kind of uh, heroic ego dominated culture, which is always more, better, faster, further, higher, you know, Onward, onward and upward. Mercury forces us to slow down and to look within and and to say, um, you know, what's going on in a deeper level? Um, How are my mind? How are my thoughts creating what I'm experiencing in the world? And what happens if I take three or four weeks out of time and look at the, you know, the, the programming level? Of the mind that's creating what I'm seeing on my desktop which would be the the manifest world of appearances and new moons are are in some ways are similar kind of energy in that the the life energy is um, is ebbing or waning at at the new moon so we have a cycle of experience that's coming to a close and the energy sort of winding down and it's very much a time of not pushing outward, but a time when we are, are meant to be looking inward and um, in whatever area of, of life the new moon falls. And I'm going to do the same thing I did with the Mercury retrograde and, and tell you what that is by sun sign here in just a minute. You know, that we look at that area of our life and say, hey, what have I outgrown? You know, what, what's, um, what have I been holding on to that I don't need anymore in this area of my life? And that might be a pattern you know, of thinking, it might be an old emotional wound, it might be a person, or a possession, or a job. Uh, but what the new moon is asking us is to to name that, and to become aware of it, and to let it go, and we don't always know what's going to come in and fill up its place at the time of the new moon, so... You know, the new moon, if you look out in the sky, it's the time when the, when the night is darkest. And, and metaphorically, you know, that's what we're experiencing on a consciousness level as well. We're kind of stumbling around in the dark, but when you keep stumbling over something and, and you know, banging your legs on it or your head on it, um, you don't need a light to know that that thing needs to be moved out of the way. And we may not know what's coming next, but what we're doing at the new moon is we're preparing a place for what's coming next. And we're trusting that when I let go of this thing that I'm, I've been attached to, but that I no longer need, that is obviously no longer helping me on my journey, then I know from experience, and I know from faith, and I know from what I've learned about the way the universe works, And from filling my mind and my heart with with good information, with uplifting, you know, reading about the saints and the the people who have gone before us and opened these energetic pathways to wisdom, I know that something good is going to come in and take that place. So, um, I want to talk to you just real briefly about each sign, how this is probably going to, you know, ways that we might expect this to play out. So, for Virgo... You know, Virgo, this is, again, it's about identity for you. And the first house, your solar first house where this new moon is, is about your personality. And it also could be about, um, you know, physical issues as well. Um, A lot of times, the first house represents the body as well as the identity or the personality and Virgos, a lot of times you process your emotions through the body. So the two are interconnected. But there's something that, you know, that it's really just time to let go of a way of talking about yourself, a way of seeing yourself, a way of judging yourself as being not good enough or inadequate. And as I wrote in this week's horoscope column, you pretty much know what that is, because that's the, that's the thought that, or series of thoughts that has been really causing you a lot of pain over the last two or three weeks. So use this new moon as a as a way to ritually uh, go ahead and let that go. Uh, Libra, the new moon, is in your 12th house. And, you know, this is asking you to become aware of a pattern of working with your unconscious mind. This could be, um, you know, a, a, way, a pattern of self-sabotage. It could be an addiction. Um, the 12th house often uh, symbolizes addictions or places where... We've lost the ability to control ourselves. Or we've lost our power to some, an entity on the astral plane or, or even another person. You know, it could be a person who's functioning as um, as a secret enemy to you. And you know this, but you haven't really admitted it to yourself and let this person go from your life. So that's where you want to look. Scorpio, the new moon falls in your 11th house. The 11th house is about your friends, your networks, your community. It's about your dreams for the future. And, you know, I think what you want to let go of here in some way is, is an attachment to judgment or to over analysis that, and this could be a friend who embodies this for you, but it's more likely, uh, within yourself, you know, this way of processing things sort of analytically and, um, And not just admitting to yourself, this is what I want to create in life. Whether this is what I was brought up to believe is the right thing or, or, you know, whether it seems far-fetched or whatever, this is what really makes me feel passionate. And as I wrote in this week's horoscope column, um, I've been kind of digging back into some Napoleon Hill stuff. And it's like, you know, if you don't articulate that and if you don't claim it and own it, you're never going to get it. So it's time for you to let go of the playing small, of the self-judgment, of, you know, relentlessly analyzing other people's shortcomings as a way of avoiding facing yourself. It's time to do that work. Sagittarius, the new moon falls in your 10th house. This has been an interesting period for you. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we're kind of dealing with a similar energy to what Scorpios are dealing with here. Except that for you, this is your career, how you're presenting yourself in public. It's like you know what you want. You know what you want to create. That's not the issue for you. The issue is how are you holding yourself back from creating it? By playing small or by being sloppy, you know, by not caring enough about what you want to really do the work, uh, the detail work that, you know, admittedly doesn't come easy to you. But that doesn't mean that there's no excuse for not doing it. And you know what I'm talking about. You've had uh, three years with Saturn in your 10th house to get a handle on this. So this is a wonderful opportunity, again, just through awareness, to name this pattern that that you're ready to let go of. And then, you know, once you do that, the universe starts doing the rest of the work for you. So Capricorn. This uh, new moon falls in your ninth house. The ninth house is the house of your belief, um, your intuitive knowing, your intuition, the higher mind, um, also represents things like university, foreign travel, your philosophy of life, spirituality, metaphysics, and I really see this as as a belief that it's time to let go of specifically about other people and their power to influence you. So look at where you're projecting this thought out into the universe that I would do this, but I can't because my husband is blah, 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 or I would do this, but I can't because every time I try to, you know, the wrong person shows up for me or my business partner lets me down or whatever. This is an opportunity for you to see into the root of that pattern in your own mind, your own heart, and turn that energy around for yourself. Aquarius, the new moon is in your 8th house. Always fun talking about the 8th house. Tricky territory. Sex, power, money, dominance, submission. Holding on too tight. Letting go and and letting people run over you. You know, you've also been dealing with this area for the last 3 years. And this is an opportunity to really set some strong boundaries. And as my dear friend Lawrence was fond of telling me, you got to remember, DK, that when you're setting a boundary for somebody, you're always you're actually setting it for yourself. So when you're setting this boundary, you know, what you're saying is this is what I want. This is what I'm going to create. I'm going to have energetic integrity with money, with this person, with my sexuality, with this person, with the way I share power with this person. And remember that the, the other person isn't going to respect that boundary unless you do. For Pisces, uh, similar energy with Virgo in the seventh house, you've spent the last three years really learning to um, not let yourself be a battery for energy vampires. You know, which is a you're so nice and and you're so compassionate. You know, and you there's nothing you love more than just totally losing yourself in in the moment and and going on these flights of fancy or these beautiful imaginative journeys into the you know, potential of the, the astral realms or whatever. And what you've been learning over the last three years with Saturn in your seventh house and what this new moon is really asking you to, um, to verbalize to yourself, you know, and and to make an agreement with yourself is that you're not going to give your energy away to people that you're going to have energetic integrity in your relationships. And that, you know, that's the starting point for any relationship. And if the other person cannot agree on that, there's no relationship. It's done. You know, and that doesn't mean you you just can cut people out of your life that, um, you know, suddenly you're making this choice and they don't know anything about it. You know, there needs to be some communication there, you know, if this is a new thing for you. But it it does indicate that if you've been setting that boundary over and over and over again, you know, A, you need to get serious. And you need to decide this is important to me. And B people who don't respect that boundary are going to have to leave Aries new moon in your sixth house the way I'm seeing this is that you're looking back at a time and you know you may not have had it all together at this time in the past but there's a time in the past where your workflow was really humming and you're taking care of your body you're eating well and what you're looking for over the next, you know, 10 or 15 years is there's so much opportunity for you to really step up in the world and be a leader, but there's also a lot of pressure on you, you know, a lot of responsibility and in order for you to step up to that plate, you know, to step up to the plate and really, really make a solid connection and, and, um, help the team and, you know, help your team and, and our team as a bigger entity, you need to be in the best shape of your life. You know, you need to have, you need to be managing your energy. That's what the sixth house is about, is managing your energy so that you can do the things that you don't necessarily enjoy doing. Do those well, do them efficiently, and that sets the stage for you to be able to have the energy and the ambition and the passion available to do those things that really juice you and that really, um, you know, can help us in this huge world transition we're going through. Taurus the new moon is in your fifth house. You know what? This is great news for you. And it may not be a whole lot of fun this week. I'm not saying that it will necessarily be unpleasant. But, you know, again, new moons aren't generally the the happy, schmappiest of times. But this is such a positive time for you because you've really struggled with your your creative project, with bringing a creative project to fruition. Um, So many of you have been struggling with your romantic life as well. It's like... You know, just feeling like totally shut down with Saturn in your fifth house over the last three years. And what this new moon is asking you to get in touch with is what are the patterns inside myself that, you know, have historically or at least over the last several years blocked me from having that fulfillment I want in my creative life, in my romantic life, in my relationships? What is that form of self-judgment or of self-negation? that is right there near the surface, you know, and you may see it by looking back at old relationships, at old creative projects that didn't turn out the way you wanted them wanted them to. You're so close to it, you know, so so really spending some time and, and tuning into that and, and naming that is just such a huge step toward letting it go. And then, you know, being able to be open in the next year or two to seeing those creative projects, projects flourish to having that romantic connection that you've been longing for gemini the new moon is in your fourth house you're probably sick and tired of hearing me talk about emotional patterns that come from family some of you may actually um, move you know in the next month or so with under this energy but you know on a deeper level it is about your emotional patterns it's about what you learned in childhood Um, There can be a tendency to rationalize your emotions rather than just feeling them. And, you know, it's just so much quicker to just feel them and get get through it. So I want to encourage you to tune into that and and make that big next step for you. Cancer. The new moon is in your third house, thoughts and communication. You know, you are a mental person. As emotional as you are, you're also kind of like the mental brain person. And this is a chance for you to recognize that thoughts are things. And again, you've been working on this very, very diligently over the last three years. I feel like this is an opportunity for you to, to just become aware of one big mental bugaboo, a way of really just, um, you know, really just making unnecessary negatives out of your experience by the way that you, you habitually kind of, um, bad mouth yourself or bad mouth life, whether, whether it's out loud or whether it's just in your head and just becoming aware of that pattern is the first step toward letting it go and, and moving on to much more positive thought patterns. Leo, last but not least, my dear Leo's, um, it's all about money again, you know, and one of the things I think that you can really tune into this week with this new moon, is looking back at just how much better you've gotten about money, and just how much better your thoughts are about, um, you know that that money is not a bad thing, that having money is not a bad thing, and really that money is not that hard to get, you know. And there are some things that you can still get better at as far as minding the details and really just paying attention to your money but you've come a long way in the last three years and this is an opportunity for you to really um, you know set your intention for the coming years and say hey I, you know I pretty much know what it takes to have what I need to be in a state of abundance to make the money that I need so that I can be my creative sunshiny um, you know brilliant self that brings so much happiness and joy to the world and so i'm going to really set my intention to allow myself to become aware of of any remaining negative thought patterns that hold me back from that and to really say hey this is my intention i am abundant i am mastering this you know it's not that hard i don't have to make it any harder than it you know make it harder than it is and you know i i, I think you're just right there and, and and so i say go for it Okay, everybody, I hope you found this uh, useful and enjoyable and at least somewhat entertaining. We're right at 30 minutes, so I'm going to let you go until next week. This is astrologer DK Brainerd saying, May you go with the stars. I've seen the best minds of my generation refuse to take their medication. Your electroshocks, your chemical pills. I've seen the best minds of my generation Washing windows at the service station Yes,